0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our podcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ.
1: Again, good morning and thank you for taking the time to be with us. I want you to get your Bibles out. And Turn to Ephesians chapter 3. This is where Jonathan just read from. Ephesians chapter 3. And I do hope you have your Bibles with you. I know a lot of times you use your, your phone and your tablets for different things like that. You might have your tablet or phone watching worship this morning, but get your Bibles in Ephesians chapter 3. I want us to, kinda, to think as we begin this particular uh, lesson is, is think about the word incomplete sentence. Incomplete sentence. Well, what is an incomplete sentence? Well, it is a sentence that is what? incomplete That's not all the structure or not all the parts of the sentence is there and if you you know turn in a paper no matter how good the content is if you write in incomplete sentences it's not going to be you know graded very well well as we begin in chapter 3 and verse 1 paul starts this particular set of passages this particular set of verses with an incomplete sentence Look at what he says. He says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. And then he just kind of stops. In some of your Bibles, there's a a dash there. Maybe there's a skip to verse 2. But Paul is starting a thought. And then I like to think that maybe Paul has a little bit of ADD like I do. And like he's, he's fixing to go this direction. But as he's writing these words... Something clicks and he goes, Oh, before I go over here, I need to back up and come back around on this side and talk about some things. And he, in verse 14, he gets back to his thought that he starts in verse 1, but he, he begins to talk about, he begins to talk about, you know, the things that he has, has done for God, the things that he has done for Christ, and the purpose for which he has been called in this, set of of ADD verses, if you will. And he he divides it up, and we're not going to read all of them in bulk again, but we'll look at some particular verses. But he divides them up, and I guess you could say verses 2 through 6, he talks about a mystery. Verses 7 through 11, he talks about the sharing of that mystery. And then the climax of this passage is found in verse 12. So let's talk about the mystery in which he... Uh, brings up in these first few verses. Now, if you remember, back in chapter 1, in verse 9, we mentioned that he he refers to this mystery, and that we would get to it later. And and we're back to it. He says in chapter 1 and verse 9 that God made known to us the mystery of his will. But he never told us what that mystery was. But here he's fixing to describe it to us. First, let's just read the first few verses together, starting in verse 2. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it is known, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. The mystery is that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Members together of one body and shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus. So he begins and he says in verse 2 that this mystery is, is the administration of God's grace. A, a phrase that makes sense once you kind of get into verse 6. And then he goes on and says that it has been given to Paul by revelation meaning it has come directly from God to Paul for him to share. And then in verse 3, it's kind of an interesting kind of idea or the third thing in verse 5 is kind of an interesting idea that it was previously hidden but now it has been revealed. It's like a good mystery novel or a good movie that the clues have been there all along. But now we're here to to make everything known so that everybody can be on the same page. So what exactly is the mystery? Go back and look at verse 6 again. The mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. The mystery is the incredible unity of the church. That we are all one in Christ. That we are identified as one body. This entire passage brings us to the point uh, of unity in Jesus. And so Paul, as he continues on, he's going to use some different phrases to to define that unity. First thing he says is that we are heirs together. That we are heirs together. And and I love that idea of being heirs together. Uh, When you are an heir to something or you inherit something you don't do anything to deserve it. You don't do anything to earn it. It is a gift to you. And Paul is saying here that together we receive the inheritance of God. And it's not this idea of God divvying up his riches and giving you a little bit and then giving someone else a little bit. And then maybe the oldest one gets a lot. No. It's the idea that we receive the same thing together. I think of it maybe in terms of, of maybe some children inheriting their parents' house. You know, one child doesn't inherit the living room, and one child inherit the bedroom, and then the least favorite inherit the bathroom. You know, they all inherit the house together, and they have to work together to figure out how this house benefits them all as one. So we are heirs together. The next thing he mentions is that we are members together. And this is interesting to me because as you study and dig really deep into this, you'll see that there's a really good chance here that Paul has invented a word. That the word he uses here is found nowhere else in the Bible. And it's found really nowhere else in other writings of this time. But in order to make his point, Paul invents this word that pictures us all joined together into one body. And that is the theme. That's the theme he's been developing from the beginning of this letter up until now. That we all belong to one body, to one church, that is Christ's church. We are members together. And then he says that we are sharers together. And and I love that idea of the great unifier of sharing in the promise. And what promise is that? Well, well my, my thought here is that he's referring to the promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise that Peter tells us in Acts 2 2 and verse 38 that when we repent and are baptized, that we receive the gift, the promised Holy Spirit. And that when we do those things, when we believe in Jesus and we are baptized, we receive that same gift as well. But note the key word in each of all three of these points: the word together. We're not heirs alone. We're not exclusive members. We don't receive the Holy Spirit in isolation away from each other. Rather, the point Paul is going to great effort to make here is that the mystery of God is that together we all make up the church that is His. And I think that that should be a comforting thing during this time that we feel so disconnected. That Through our relationships, through our bond in Christ, we are united. Through his spirit, we are united. And I hope you find comfort and peace in that this morning. Let's go on and look at the next section, though. The idea of the, the mystery being shared. Let's pick back up in verse 7. Paul says, I became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less Then the least of all the Lord's people. This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for the ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and the authorities of the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose. That he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, who has this mystery been shared with? A couple of them make sense. The third one may be, it may cause you to throw the brakes on and go, now wait a second, what's he talking about here? The first, he said, his mission, Paul's mission was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, to a non-Jewish audience. And that is his purpose. That is everything that he lives for. Not that he limited his message to those people. I find it interesting that every time that Paul went into a new city, into a new town, the first place he went was always the Jewish synagogue. He wanted to go to his, his brothers, his, his spiritual brothers, his national brothers, his, his, the people that he had been a part of his whole life. And he wanted to share with them the gospel of Christ. And then after he had worn his welcome out there, he moved on and preached to anyone and everyone that would listen. And that really kind of follows in this next idea. He says that he has shared it with all people, that there's no one that does not need to hear this mystery. But then the third one, the one that you you do one of two things here. You either blow right past it, or you stop and you kind of go now now what's he talking about here go back to verse 10 because his intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly or some of your Bibles will say spiritual realms you know when we begin to talk about spiritual and heavenly realms we we either one, like I said, we either just kind of blow past it don't pay attention to it. Or we look at it and go, I really don't understand what's going on there. I don't understand what that's all about. The truth of the matter is, is that as children of God, we live both in a physical world. And as you will continue to see through the study in Ephesians, we live in a spiritual world as well. We interact spiritually in the spiritual realm. If if, if you remember back a few weeks ago, before all of this Coronavirus started and stuff. We we talked about uh, from the book of Daniel that, that one of the angels came to Daniel and talked to him about his prayer. That he had prayed to God. And that in that moment that he prayed that first time, God had sent an angel to answer that prayer. But that uh, Satan himself had gotten in the way. Had, had come in and had battled with that angel so that that prayer would be slowed down. And hopefully, in the devil's perspective, not be answered. But you see, it was a, an earthly prayer that started a spiritual realm conflict. We live and deal in the spiritual realm. And I believe what Paul is trying to get us to understand here is that to the spiritual realm, the existence of a church, the, 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 the mystery that has been revealed, is a way to show the spiritual realm That people from different places, different walks, different nationalities, different ethnic groups can come together and be united. That there doesn't have to be division. So remember that we live not just here, but we impact the realm of God as well. But then we come to verse 12, which is the climax of the entire passage. Read verse 12 with me again. In him... Talking about Jesus. In Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Read that again. In Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Now, have you ever been... Have you ever had somebody that you really need to get a hold of Like, right that minute before we... Uh, before we began services this morning, Tyler was telling a story. We're trying to get some some of our internet stuff straightened out here in the entire uh, facility. We, we've got everything kind of figured out in the auditorium, but we're trying to get everything under our roof uh, situated and figured out. And Tyler has spent several days trying to get a hold of this one guy, and every time he gets a hold of him, he basically gets his voicemail. And so Tyler's like, I, I finally got his cell phone number. And I'm going to call his cell phone number. But he, he's been put off, if you will. You know, he's been kind of pushed aside. And we all understand that. We've, we've all had moments where maybe we've needed to get a hold of a doctor. And they go, well, they'll call you back. Or we've needed to get a hold of a family member. We've not been able to get a hold of them. We want to talk to someone. And we just get their voicemail. And, you know, that, that's a very frustrating idea. And a very frustrating thing in our life. But it's not that way with God. His phone is never busy. You'll never get a voicemail that says, I'm in the office, but temporarily away from my desk. You'll never get a secretary who tells you that he can squeeze you in for a brief moment a week from Thursday. Rather, God is always waiting on you. His door is open. His phone line is clear. His personal email address is available to you. God is accessible. He is open. He is free. And He is inviting you and I to take the time to talk with Him. Now look at verse 12, the beginning part of it. He says, in Him and through faith in Him. him." As we said, in Him is with Christ. That's clear. But it's because of Jesus that we have this open access To God the Father. It's because we have been made into this one new man. It's because we have been unified. Because we have placed our hope in Jesus. That we can have access to the God, the creator of the universe. Jesus is the one through who we approach God. Now, this next story, I don't don't know if it's a true story. It's a great preacher story and I love it. I hope to some degree that it's true. But if it's not... The point of it still resonates. The story goes of a man during the Civil War sitting outside in the streets in Washington, D.C., crying because his son had just deserted his post in the army. And he was scheduled to be executed later that day for that particular uh, desertion. But the father knew that if he could talk to Abraham Lincoln... That he would hear his story, he would understand as a dad, he would know that his son's not a bad guy, and he would offer him a pardon. But every time he tried to get into the White House to talk to President Lincoln, he was turned away. So as he's sitting on this bench and he's crying, a little boy walks up to him and asks him, Are are you okay? Why, Why are you crying? And just because of his emotional distress, he just starts telling this random kid this story. This little boy looks at him and goes, Okay, follow me. So he got up and he followed him. And they walked right through the gate of the White House. They walked right up to a room that was guarded by a number of soldiers. Walked right in into a meeting where President Lincoln was sitting. The young man jumped up in his dad's lap and told him, said, Dad, there's a man I want you to meet. He needs your help. This man was brought to the president. And his son received the presidential pardon because... The son of the president took interest in his story and in his life. You see, through Jesus, we have access to God. What an incredible truth. We, who in our old nature of corruptedness, of rebelliousness, of sinfulness, who used to be objects of wrath before God, are suddenly and miraculously invited into the presence of the Creator. We have the privilege of being. Before the mighty God. And Paul goes on. and He tells us that we should enter his presence. With freedom and confidence. Another translation uses the word boldness. He says don't be afraid. To walk into the presence of God. Many of us would find that. As the most intimidating situation. To walk into. But he says no. Come to it with freedom. And confidence. Our worship. And praise each week, whether it be in this room, whether it be in your living room, whether it be in your car or at the grocery store or at your school or your job, wherever your moment of worship might be. It needs to be about believing how powerful God is and how real and genuine that relationship with him needs to be. God is great. I want you to say that. Say that out loud. Say, God is great. God is love. And God is powerful. The riches of the gospel of freedom are forgiveness. And they are unsearchable according to the words of Paul. So I ask you this morning, as we bring this particular thought to a close, what do you need to approach God with? Is there anything in your life You've been holding back from him. Maybe you've never approached him at all. And today is the day. Today is the day that you want to to just be right with God and be saved by God. One of the most amazing parts of last week's service was as we were getting to walk out the door, our phones buzzing and a mother going, hey, stay there. My daughter wants to be baptized. It was just an amazing thing that she didn't want to wait any longer. She wanted to take care of it right then and right there. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe today you need to make that decision and become a child of God. Maybe you just need help resisting Satan. Maybe there's an area in your life that you've become a child of God, but you've not truly given up control to God in this way. Let that be what you do today. I want you to know, as already been said, our phones are always on. Our doors are always open. And during this time of challenge, if you need spiritual help, please don't hesitate to call any of the leaders of this church. Because we're here for you. Let's close our thoughts in prayer. God, I thank you so much for this mystery that has been shown to us. That as, as Gentile believers ourselves, that these words are so powerful. To know that we are included into your kingdom, that we are heirs, that we get to sit as co-heirs to Christ. Help us to never take that for granted. We thank you for this time of worship today. We pray that it has been encouraging and uplifting. We pray that it will anchor us as we go out to the week ahead. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice. We thank you for, as Tyler has already pointed out, for a day that your son is exalted in our country and around the world. And may we please, please take the opportunity to take advantage of that moment and share Christ even more boldly. It's in your son's name we
0: pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 Ninth Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. Our Sunday worship services are at 1030 a.m., and 6 o'clock p.m., with Bible classes on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to listen again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for our community.